When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. Uh, and I, I'm Ben. Hey, hey, Scott, I have a question for you. I sound a little distressed. What's going on? I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit mixed up, man. I'm kind of confused. Why is that? Uh, well, let me just ask you straight out. What is an MTAR? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to rub my head on this one for a while while I talk to you because um, I'm not exactly sure how to frame this in the right way that won't make a certain segment of people angry. Mm-hmm. While yet still appealing to the other, it's it's just a tough argument to make about what exactly an M car is. Now I can tell you the the kind of the definition of it, I suppose. Maybe the uh, the the factory version. You want All right. that? Lay it on me. An M car is a car that was developed for motorsports by a performance division of BMW. Um, that they, BMW Motorsport. BMW right? Motorsport, which is that's why you get the BMW M. The M stands for motorsport. It's been changed later on. It's just strictly M, but. Um, it's it's really a point of contention among BMW owners and owners of other high-end German automobiles that like mm. to argue with the BMW M owners. Cough, cough, Audi, cough. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, you know, the thing is that it's a car, and I guess I can just tell you this, it's in its simplest form, it's a car that was developed for motorsports. And it was developed by this in-house tuning division of BMW. Mm-hmm. That's maybe the most succinct way to put it. And I'll tell you the reason that I'm kind of hem and haw about what, you know, what to say, what not to say, mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of people that will argue back and forth that, you know, even cars that, that currently have the M badge are not true M cars. Right. They're just called M badged cars, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a tricky definition. Now, just, just to let the cat out of the bag or the badger out of the, I don't know, barn or whatever about this, um, I, I'm asking you this question because I found some of the same very contentious things. You know what it reminded me of? It reminds me of the ongoing debate about what makes a muscle car. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's very much like that. And that some people are right strict to the letter mm-hmm. of this is the way it has to be and it can't be any other only way. Only between this year and this year. Yep. And only these models. Uh, 
and it must meet all of these requirements, or if if it even fails in one of these tests, it's it's not a true muscle car. And right. and that is the way that a lot of people argue about what a true M car is versus a an M badged car. And I don't really know if, and I don't want to focus the whole podcast on that. How about this? Okay. And that we talk about you know like just the the. the M division's um, goal, you know, like what they were, what they were originally designed to do, like where they, uh, where they come about in BMW's history. How about oh, that? Oh, great. Okay, so they start in 1972. They have 35 employees, uh, pretty small, kind of boutique, right? 35 employees. That's impressive. That's 1972. Mm-hmm. By 1988, they have 400 employees. Wow. Okay. I was impressed because it was such a small group, you know, that they were uh, they were turning out some fantastic cars, you know, in the early 1970s, of course. Right. And, uh, and all the way through, I mean, through today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, for them to – they've grown exponentially at that point. Yeah. So their first official car comes out in 1978 at the Paris Motor Show, and that is the BMW M1. It's – well, it's an M-badged car. Mm-hmm. Again – just listeners, just so you know, uh, Scott and I being aware of the ongoing debate about what actually makes an M car, well, we may use some terms interchangeably. We may be a little bit fast and loose for your taste, but we do understand that there's an argument there. I, and I also want to point out that, you know, this is around and it was founded in 1972. And they're, again, they're a, a performance division of BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were, they were around since 1972. They were producing cars. They were just producing strictly race cars. Right. They were, they were strictly track performance cars. And it was just BMW's motorsports division. That's what the M stands for, motorsport. Mm-hmm. Um, and 1978, the BMW M1 supercar, that just happens to be the first road car that they produced. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. The first uh, car that the average person could buy to drive on the average road. Okay. All right. You said what? average. Now, I'm laughing already because I know. if you look at the BMW M1, it is a true supercar. It's a uh, and it's one of these deals where it's a uh, um, I'm going to mess up the name. The hom- homologation special, uh-huh. um, in that you know they built just so many that they had to build for street use, uh, that they could compete in a certain so race that they series. could qualify for the race. Exactly. That, that's a that's a good point. And what makes me laugh is I knew you were going to bust me on that, Scott, because <laughs> the M1 really is a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. It's not. It's not like okay. It's what's a good comparison? It's not as if. They just kept the M1 or the M kind of brand and then made a sedan. No, they took the track car and they made, you know, a hundred something or however many I, they had to make. I will tell you how many they made. They yeah. made, uh, they, they, in the end, by the end, they made 430 cars and about 35 to 40 of those were actual race cars and the rest were available to the public. Now, I'm going to say, Ben, you said a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm going to say it's like a big wolf in a small wolf's clothing <laughs> because, uh, the M1 is a fantastic looking car, I think, personally. Yeah. It, it does it's have that supercar car look. Yeah. Um, now it was built and produced so they could compete in, in what they called the pro car championship at the time and uh in december of 1981 car and driver took this car for a, a test drive they took the road car and the race car for a drive now remember this is a mid-engine car um had an inline six-cylinder engine with 3.5 liter which m- people might not think too much of um you know that's not too big but again a mid-engine car that's something special i'll tell you yes there's front engine cars there's rear engine cars there are not that many mid-engine cars. mid-engine cars are usually you know 
wildly insane to driving. They're, they're balanced so well. They're, they're all about racing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 277 horsepower, which isn't a whole lot. And I just want to mention that, you know, if you, if you read a lot of these, uh, specs about, you know, the early BMW cars, you're going to see the, them listed as, um, like 277 PS. And, uh, that's a German way to abbreviate horsepower. And right. I won't even attempt the German word for horsepower, but, uh, PS is what that is. So, <laughs> okay. you know, as you look down the list and you see PS listed, that's really horsepower. That's the German version of it. Now, the, um, the M1 production vehicle, um, it halted in 1980, you know, it was 78, 1978 to 1980. Again, 430 cars, 35 to 40 of those were race cars. And the reason it stopped being made was because the sedans, uh, were actually starting to make more money for the company. And, um, they decided that, you know, these, these street legal race cars that they were building, you know, these, uh, these M1 cars, yeah. uh, which really, that's what they are. They're street legal race cars. Um, as, as were the case with a lot of the Group B cars that we talked about in a previous podcast. Right. Um, they weren't really making money for the company. You know, they're, they're probably, I don't say they're losing money, but they weren't making a lot of money like they were from their, their standard production sedans. Right. So, so, so they focused on the sedans. Yeah. And that brings us to the M535i. Is that correct? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Uh, starts in 1979. The stats are a little bit different. It's still a 3.5 liter. It gets, 219 PS or horsepower. Yeah. And uh, they make quite a few more. They make over 1,400 of these guys. Yeah. And they also made another one called the, uh, there was a six series coupe that they made, mm-hmm. uh, the M635 CSI. And uh, the 635 CSI, you can, I mean, you can take a look at photos of these things, but they're, they're all really beautiful cars from the, the 1970s to the early 1980s. Um, I think it was about, Man, I think it was like in the 19, 1984 or so, I think, when uh, the M1 engine was used in that, that 635 CSI coupe that I mentioned, mm-hmm. and in the and in the 5 Series sedan that you mentioned as well. So it's the same M1 engine that's brought over to those two cars. Um, right. You know, and different different layout. It was a front engine, of course. And the uh, coupe is outselling them all. The 635 is hitting just under 6,000. Now... This is uh, this is an important part of uh, BMW's history here, I think, anyways. Okay. The first M3. 1986. Um, now, M3, that's a, that's a true M car, as a lot of people will like to tell you. And, I, again, I don't want to get into this whole argument of what's a true M car, what's not. But uh, the, <laughs> the first M3, um, again, this was also built, and, and the initial, initial cars were built as, again, hom- homologation specials. Um, race car for the street is what they call it. It was, it was definitely all about... Um, performance and horsepower and, and driver feel and, you know, all that stuff, all the good stuff that, that drivers like to have. And, uh, it was, it was less about, you know, acoustics and, you know, trying to make the, uh, the road right. noise go away yeah. and less about ride quality and other than, you know, we want it to corner hard. Um, this car, again, the 86 M3, the first M3 car to, to hit the shores, I guess. Mm-hmm. And people loved it. It was, it was a success. And the M3 version, or the, yeah, the M3 is popular all the way through today. Yeah. Oh, yes. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations 
questions that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The present generation M3 uh, was introduced in 2008 with a couple of body styles, coupe, convertible, sedan. Um, this That last one, the sedan, I believe was discontinued after 2011. That was more for people who were trying to have their cake and eat it too. I'm just going to be fair when I say that. I'm being tough but fair, Scott, because it was for people who wanted that M3 beast performance, but then also said, you know, I, I want to be practical mm-hmm. about it. I want to... A little bit of a half measure. I'm not saying it was awesome. It wasn't an awesome car, but I'm saying that you know me, man. I'm not an eight and a half yards guy. If I'm going to get an M3, go the full nine. Go the full nine. Understood. Understood. So 1993, just a few years later. I know you've kind of jumped up to the front here, but but going back in 1993, I think we have to because Mm -hmm. um, BMW Motorsport, which is now the BMW M that we were talking about, they actually changed their name to BMW M. And then it was the GmbH, which I think is kind of like the uh, the European version of an LLC. I think. I think so. Yeah. Okay, I think that's what that stands for. But you see the the uh, you know capital G, small MB, and then mm-hmm. capital H, and I think that's LLC, or similar to what we call that in the United States. Uh, but they go on to create a lot of different versions or M versions of just about every 
BMW streetcar. So, you know, from 1993 on, you're going to see a lot of M version cars coming out of BMW. M5, M8, M3, Mm -hmm. the M Roadster. Yeah, there's just a huge long list. And again, just about everything that BMW made, they made an M version of these things. Now, they've started to use recently, they started to use a lot of, uh, like turbo technology, uh, turbocharging, um, you know, the, the M, M side of the factory, I guess, if you want to call it that, or the <laughs> M, M side of the company, um, has decided that, you know, to, to meet the increasing power needs, they're able to add a turbocharger, uh, to, to boost some of the horsepower and, and some of the performance. Even some of the SUVs are carrying an M badges these days. So, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's M powered vehicles out there everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. And before we go on any further, Okay. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, so we're back then with uh, BMW M Series. Now, we mentioned, uh, as you said, that there's an M version of pretty much every vehicle that uh, that BMW is creating now. And we should also mention that BMW Motorsport GmbH has been working with some people that you might recognize, the McLaren F1 team. Scott, they supplied the V12 motor for the McLaren F1. No kidding. So they, they're they're building uh, F1 engines for cars mm-hmm. for McLaren through BMW. They, now BMW used to have their own F1 team, so that's kind of interesting that they would they would work with McLaren. But yeah, okay, got it. Well, okay. Uh, oh, and I said motor <laughs> engines. But that's all right. But uh, this uh, this F1 went on to win the 24 Hour of Le Mans in 1995. And uh, I just want to put that side note in there to show that BMW Motorsports is not, uh, they're chiefly making BMW cars, but it's its not crazy for them to supply engines. Like Their expertise is recognized throughout their field. Understood. And if competition's going to them and saying, you know, we, we like what you do, help us out here. You know, can, what can you do to provide us with an engine or some of that power? We'd like that. Um, of course, they're going to help them out. I mean, I, 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 I would think so. Yeah, because I mean, the word gets around that you know you're you're providing engines for McLaren. Uh, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and then uh, just again to reiterate some stuff here about the the idea of M badged cars. Uh, M badged cars are vehicles that have been modified somehow by BMW Motorsport. Yeah, I guess we didn't really cover that, really. We didn't we, talk about we that. We talked yeah. about true M cars. We mm. talked about people that argue that they're not true ba- true cars, that they're badged cars, they're M badged cars. Right, yeah. So the badged cars, how are they different? Okay, yes, great question. It It really goes down to some of the performance accessories. So there have been, uh, you know, like a true M car for most people, again, not to ruffle any feathers here, a true M car would be something like an M3 or an M5. They've got M in the name. Okay, know? understood. Uh, but uh, an M-badged car would be something that had um, factory option M-badged accessories or maybe an M-sport package, you know, and that, that is different from the actual, the regular sport package. So it's not a full-out M car. It's 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 got um, performance accessories that are included in the vehicle in an M package, and then they do put the M badge on the back of the car. Right. Um, I was I was working on this earlier today. Uh, they are influenced. Huh? <laughs> no, okay, not bad, not bad, not bad. <laughs> it's you the know, only one. I'll but do. I do want to point out, though, that you know yeah. this this badging, this uh, this M badging, which is mm. kind of a big deal, because you know you look for the badge on the back end of the car, the M badge with the uh, the ribbons, you know, the three ribbons that yep. signify with the colors. There there are a couple of cars that you know will have that on there that are they're simply M sport packages or whatever, you know, that they they've right added on these things. There's also the exceptions, which are um, the Z cars, the Z three and Z four, which are M powered vehicles. They don't have the M badge on the back of the car, however. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also a different thing. There's a there's a couple of other vehicles I think that don't have the uh, don't have the M badge on them. There's there's the exceptions which are. Um, oh, like the Roadster and the Coupe models. Well, yeah, the Roadster is one that I just mentioned. The Z yeah, the Z yeah, yeah. powered vehicles, but then there's a couple other that have like these these um, nomenclature problems. Like, um, okay, here's here's a good example. There's the X6 based M vehicle. 
Oh, right, yeah. So you remember the okay. X5 and the X6, right? Now, mm-hmm. these are kind of like, um, I'd say the X5, I, I almost want to say it, it looks like a crossover minivan-type vehicle. Yeah. But that's not that's not really being fair to it. It's, it's a, not it's, my favorite. It's a it's a strong car, I'll tell you that, the X5. But the X5M, now, if they called it the MX5, you can see the problem with that. That's uh, The MX5 is the mm-hmm. Mazda Miata. Yep. So they can't call it that. And I guess there's the MX6, uh, which I think Mazda also uses. So they, they can't do. call it that. So they had to kind of reverse this, and it's called the X5M and the X6M. So that's the difference in that one. Now, I do also want to say that, you know, in addition to, you know, the cars that just simply aren't badged that way, there are other cars that are badged that way that, you know, people say aren't true M cars. And then, again, that gets back to the sport packages and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, like the uh, 1 Series. Yeah, that, that's a good uh, that's a good um, example. But I'm talking about going back even farther, Ben. Like okay. back to the back to the 1970s when they helped, when they started all this. Uh-huh. Um, BMW offered M options on their standard vehicles since the late 70s, which kind of explains why they also carry the M badges straight from the factory. So, all the way from the 1970s, they've been offering these M badge vehicles that have performance parts from the motorsports division, but weren't truly developed as a motorsports vehicle. I see. Right from the very okay. beginning. And yeah. that's where that's where all this arguing comes in. I mean, Audi S-Series owners, they will argue all day long with BMW M-Series owners <laughs> about what's a true M car, what's not a true M car. Right. And I think you and I were talking about this, and it just gets down to um, a lot of the way that people feel about their car. Right. right. How do you feel about the performance, the acceleration, the handling? Does uh how how does it turn on a corner? You know what? And if you have an M badged car, one that you know just has performance accessories and 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 items, you know, upgraded items from sure. BMW M division, your car is going to handle fantastic. It's still a BMW. It's still going to have these upgrades that are going to make it drive and feel fantastic. You're going to be excited about your own car. You're going to be and it's going to be badged in M car, but it's not a true M car. And mm-hmm. and that. Sometimes it's not true in cars. Sometimes it is. And that's where this confusion comes in. And people, again, it's just this, this ongoing headbutting back and forth between, you know, true M car owners, M badge car owners, Audi S series car owners who love to pipe in there and say that, you know, that argue about what's not an M car, what is an M car, right. how the S series cars are better. And then, of course, yeah. M car owners say that M cars are better than S series and so Ooh. on and so on, Ben. It's just this, it's, it becomes this great big tangled mess. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's kind of like it's in the eye of the beholder. Well, that's not totally correct because there are some hard and fast rules about what actually makes something at least M-badged or an M-car. However, we do need to point out, I want to emphasize the point that you made earlier, Scott, regardless of which variety you have or who you're arguing with about this, uh, the truth is that if you are driving an M-Badge or an M-Car, uh, you're going to have some incredibly amazing performance. There aren't really losers in that conversation. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's uh, they're amazing cars. They really are. And uh, hopefully we have answered a little bit about the history of BMW Motorsports. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you drive an M-Car or an M-Badge car, uh, why not let us know? Send us some pictures. If you're wondering if your car does qualify as an M car, sure, we'll be the authorities. No, 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 don't, <laughs> don't come to us with that. You know, you need to talk uh, it out on the forums with somebody. All right, okay. So you're probably right, Scott. You're probably right about that. Um, but if you guys have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, some feedback, or as always, some lovely pictures of your vehicle. 
drop us a line on Facebook. You can also send us a tweet on Twitter or write to us directly. Our email address is carstuffatdiscovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.